Hello, you're listening to Renaissance Man, a podcast featuring my father, Philip Brunel, as he talks about the world of music. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, we haven't had a, a guest on Renaissance Man before, but well, no, Max was on briefly. My my son was on briefly. Oh well, asked there a you question, go. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the tail end of the last episode, but you're here. I think maybe Philip, you could start by setting up why is Melanie in Minneapolis now, and then we can kind of get into our topic, which is. Uh, protest music. Excellent. So go. Melanie is here because five or six years ago I heard her speak in at a meeting out east and I went up to her afterward and said so when are you coming to Minneapolis? And she said when I get asked. And so two years ago. So you said I'm asking. I yeah. did. I did. <laughs> And so two years ago, we had Melanie here as our guest for the Witness concert, which was about the whole theme of the Gullah people in the southern USA. And once that was over, we said, well, obviously, Melanie is coming back, and she's coming back in two years, because then we will be doing the Underground Railroad, Mm -hmm. and not just that, but its evolution and what that means about, about... other countries about sanctuary about all of that and so lo and behold Melanie has been here this uh, since uh, September I think five times now right yeah we started in May with the plan five that's yeah, right yeah. right so we've been doing a long time and she's been meeting with the schools uh-huh. school kids and rehearsals with old folks in nursing homes I mean all over the place mm-hmm. so yeah so that your time here with vocal lessons is Kind of widespread. Oh, absolutely. I do a lot of different things. As a matter of fact, I did a thing with the Lullaby Project mm-hmm. at uh, the, the school here, yeah. Longfellow High School, which is a school for teenage parents. Right. To help uh, through, the, through Carnegie Hall to write lullabies for their kids. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you, you brought it up earlier, Dad, uh, the, the notion of sanctuary and uh, the Underground Railroad kind of seems oddly uh, timely. Mm. Well, a year ago, we knew it was important. A year later, it's really important. Absolutely. So, um, and and if I remember, Melanie, when you were here two years ago, Mm -hmm. um, one of my takeaways from your performance was about the role that music and rhythm Mm -hmm. um, play in communicating uh, a, a group of people communicating to the larger world, we're not happy with the status quo. Mm, that's part well, of it, yeah. And, and communicating to each other about uh, uh, we're, we're united here. Exactly. We, 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 are, uh, we may be oppressed, but, but we have each other's back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so I'm curious if you could talk about your understanding of, of this is a, a big question, but the history of protests through the the venue of music, well, there's it's absolutely at the very forefront of music, um, in in terms and and in history and in the African American culture for sure, mm-hmm. music is the place where 
it has we have found a voice in a lot of different ways mm -hmm. and it's certainly in the time of slavery and leading up to to the underground railroad and the power of song um, you know there's some controversy as to whether or not some of the spirituals were coded songs or not but the idea that song has the ability to carry along specific ideas and to be food for people which is really really what they what they are i mean those songs are the spirituals but then you also think about the spirituals of the Underground Railroad and all of that, who beca that became the songs that were used in the Civil Rights Movement right. and, and the power behind all of those. But the thing that makes those songs important is that they are written in such a way that everybody can sing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a, a universal appeal. And that's, and that's why people all over the world love spirituals. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, that's, that's also the appeal of something like, like gospel music mm -hmm. and all of that, is that the songs are written to and are presented in such a way that allows people to take part. Yeah. And Whether that, you're... no matter what it is. I mean, and that's part of my work as a vocal activist, right. is that to make the, the music that I write and the songs that I write are accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. Because once you, if you can get somebody in there and have them realize that they have a voice and that their voice is even stronger when it's put with other voices, mm -hmm. That is a powerful tool. Yeah. And I got to think, but music is always kind of, I think in some ways of music as code. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of a code. Mm -hmm. And that it, 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 I'm thinking of my music history classes and the role that um, music played in carrying messages mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from one group of people to another. And so the, the, the role that music plays as, a, as facilitating protest is... Mm -hmm. Didn't start uh, during the time of slavery. It, it mm -hmm. goes back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. it was way back. Oh, yeah, of course. No, there's. You would find this kind of thing in some of the songs in the Renaissance. Absolutely. You would find this in ways that Mozart in his operas mm -hmm. sort of made, kind of dug at some of the rulers by using them as sort of characters. Names changed, of mm -hmm. course, mm -hmm. but characters in in operas. But people back then knew who the rulers were, so they exactly. knew what was what was being talked about. Right. And so, and then certainly even in more contemporary times, and definitely during the Nazi era, there mm -hmm. were songs of protest against mm -hmm. what the Nazis were doing. Mm -hmm. So yes, this is a a, a worldwide mm -hmm. a worldwide feeling that has existed, but that it certainly in our own time um, has you know has remained very vital. My concern always with this is I want more people singing them. Right, exactly. So exactly. that they aren't just listening to That's them, right. but they, because as soon as you become the singer, mm -hmm. and everybody can do it mm -hmm. in their own mm -hmm. voice, mm -hmm. um, as soon as you become the singer, you become an active participant right, as exactly. opposed to a passive participant. Right. And that's why whenever I do a concert or I'm doing a residency with with choirs and other places that I always have a section called and the people could sing because it's important to me mm -hmm. that people raise their voices together. It's always there. And um, and I and especially these days when I first came back from my last trip here, which was I got back maybe a week after the election. Yeah. And I had I, you know, somebody I guess was thinking ahead, but I had been contracted to do a community sing at Zellerbach Hall, which is the big hall at UC Berkeley. Yeah. 
And so I did to do a community saying, and this is a week after the election, there were over a thousand people that came. Hmm. And people needed to be with other people mm-hmm. and to raise their voices together. Yeah, I, I find, I mean, I'm not a, a very good choir member, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm a good congregational mm-hmm. <laughs> singer. Mm-hmm. And there is something cathartic, even once a week, mm-hmm. to, you know, and I tend to sit at Plymouth Church in the back on the mm-hmm. right. We, we call it kind of the silent zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there are a few who, who mouth the words, but even that, uh, this sense of I'm not alone. Exactly. You know, it is huge. And it absolutely is 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 imperative. And uh, I actually wrote a song the day after the election that that came out of that. I was I was here mm-hmm. uh, and visiting one of the middle schools that I was that I'm working with as part of the witness program. And I had some black kids say to me, day after the election, does this mean we're going to be slaves again? Mm. Really? Yes, really. Absolutely. That's how scared they are. And so, uh, so I call it your Minneapolis protest yeah. song. I mean, you yeah. know, yeah, I mean, but it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, right. that's what they felt. And other kids who thought uh, I was supposed to go do a residency in a little bitty town in, in the reddest part of the red state, Louisiana, and the pers- principal who was bringing me was all of a sudden inexplicably transferred to another school. And she said, I so wanted my students to hear. She said, on the day after the election, my kitchen, all black school, and yeah. said, they said, are they going to come and take us in the middle of the night and make us go back to Africa? This is what children have been thinking, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And so this song that I wrote called Put One Foot in Front of the Other came out of that yeah. because I, I had to sit them down and say, first of all, there are more people with you than against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, it may look like one thing, but this is the reality because for them, it felt like anybody that didn't look like them mm-hmm. was going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then this was a lot of a lot of uh, Muslim kids. I live in Oakland, the most yeah. one of the most ethnically and culturally diverse cities in the U.S. All the people are all mixed together there. Yeah. That's the thing. So a, a lot of a lot of young Latino kids, a lot of the Chicano kids. It's terrified. Muslim kids right. terrified, and then all their friends are terrified for the ones that are different than they are. So. Right. I, I felt like, what was the one thing that I could do that would bring them all together? So this song, One Foot in Front of the Other, has literally traveled all over the country and in other countries. Huh. And it, 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 the purpose of the song is to, for people to realize that they can, in about half a second, they can sing the song with me. I don't even stop to teach it to them. We sing, it's got a call and response, and it's, and it's you know, things like, don't give up hope. Yeah. And you're not alone. Right. You're not. Can we hear a verse? Sure. So the, the, the chorus goes, You gotta put one foot in front of the other And lead with love Put one foot in front of the other And lead with love You gotta put one foot in front of the other And lead with love Put one foot in front of the other And lead with love Don't give up hope Call your sponsor give up hope. You're not alone You're not alone don't you give up don't you give up keep moving on keep moving on you gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love put one foot in front of the other and lead with love you gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love put 
one foot in front of the other and lead with love. So then it has other verses and people just get to clapping and it's and I and I chose yeah. that theme mm -hmm. of lead with love because I first I'm talking with, with, with folks is that when you think about all the great movements in the world, mm -hmm. when you and the great movers, and you think about Gandhi, Gandhi, yeah. Mandela, uh, Mother Teresa, mm -hmm. Martin mm -hmm. King, Malcolm X. All of these movements started out of the love of their people, not out of the hatred of another people. Right. And that's the thing that's really different when you think about a group like, like ISIS, for instance. Right. It's not out of the love of their own people. Right. It's out of the hatred of people that don't believe the right. same way. So that's different. So I wanted to, that's the whole idea about one foot in front of the other and lead with love. So, if I'm, so I, one of the questions I wanted to ask was, what's the structure or the format of a successful protest song? And what I'm hearing you saying is kind of, the first is, it isn't about them, mm -hmm. it is about us, exactly. and about our unity, exactly. and our, our, our togetherness, exactly. and, and, and starting, in, in one way to say is that successful protest songs are actually positive, exactly. even though you might say, well, protest is against, mm -hmm. or protest is, yeah. is, is a, a position against a negative mm -hmm. force, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What yeah. are the other ingredients of a successful well, protest song? Well, uh, you know, and I, I mean, who, I mean, this song went completely viral, mm -hmm. and and I and and I think that first of all, one that people can join in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. That it's not like okay, I'm going to teach you a song. I don't even do that. I just start singing it. Right. And we all do it together. So and by the end of it, people are clapping and they're singing because they. I think one of the things that makes it so successful is that they begin to claim it mm -hmm. as their own. And the whole and and the verses are talking about you know, to me the things you know. There's a verse that says, "I know you're scared and I'm scared too, mm. but here I am right next to you." Okay. So that yeah. So and that's call and response. Yeah. And then people are like, and there's a verse that says, "Lift up your eyes, don't you despair. Mm -hmm. Look up ahead, the path is there." Yeah. And it's all about. Yeah. And by the end of the song, we're like singing, mm -hmm. and people, this song just went viral. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it has to be clear. Mm -hmm. I think to write a good, a good uh, song, protest song, it has to be clear, it has to be inclusive, it mm -hmm. people can, like, can feel themselves as part of it right from the beginning. It has to also have a, a, what we would think of as a verse and chorus, mm -hmm. so that the chorus keeps coming right. back, mm -hmm. because part of the way you get the strength is that once you've heard it say three times, okay, now I've got it, and then you get more chances like to express. It just, yes. And it gets right yeah. in your, it gets into your thing, and right. people yeah. sing a song, and I hear it all over the place. Yep. And I, who knew? I mean, right. it was just my response, and I put it on my Facebook page because right. I just wanted people to know, Right. and then it just, it's all over the place. So, so, so simple, positive, mm -hmm. you got a verse and a chorus, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's in some ways, um, I, I'm trying to take the, the structure that you're mm -hmm. talking about and mm -hmm. thinking about like Pete Seeger's mm -hmm. work and mm -hmm. some of the gospel work mm -hmm. and sort of identifying mm -hmm. commonalities, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, here that, that have kind of been, you know, there along. So, so it begs, you wrote yours the day after the election. Yeah, it just came out, yeah. And, and, and so it's interesting, right? You said you put it on Facebook. So kind of like, and it spreads like wildfire. Yeah. So there's there's also something to think about, like the way in which protest songs mm -hmm. um, get out there. Mm -hmm. You know, today it's through things like social mm -hmm. media, mm -hmm. but you know, back in the '60s, 
it was someone with a guitar That's or right. or because you know, I don't. I'm trying to. Think, did you hear those sorts of things on the radio per se? Yeah, sure they, you did. Especially yeah. in the '60s, any you know, any tunes by Dylan or anything like that, right. or and the Weavers, of course. Right. I was very fortunate. I toured with Pete Seeger for a yeah. while and Ronnie Gilbert, and got to perform with Richie mm -hmm. Havens and right. different people like Odetta, yeah. all of those folks that were that they used that music. And, and what would they say were were the hallmarks of successful protest songs? Like well, first of all, for them, particularly for Pete was that people were able to sing them right away. Mm -hmm. And that was the main thing about, about him. And he, he loved that. And, mm -hmm. and he also, the thing about Pete too, is that he would also go and sit with people and learn songs and then take them mm -hmm. for, and spread them around, which is how those, how those things happen. I mean, right. if I had a hammer, I mean, it's a Woody Guthrie tune, but right. it, you know, he, used to, he was one of the people that uh, passed that around. And also his great song, Turn, 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 which right. is one of his. Where have all the flowers gone? Right. I mean, you know, uh, um, and and really thinking about because I, you know, some protest songs are thoughtful mm -hmm. and are more congregational. Some are meant to to be loud, and some are meant to get you to s stop and think about what, where have all the flowers gone. Is one of that one, mm -hmm. or Peter Paul and Perry's uh, "The Great Mandela," mm -hmm. you know. Um, or uh, uh, Odetta's spiritual medley that has, um, oh gosh, just not, of course it just went wrong. Well, I was thinking also, this, this Land is Your Land. This Land is Your Land, which is another, another Woody Guthrie. Yep. And, and that song one. is going, it has a whole new life right now. Exactly. It is going around just because of all the immigration things. Right. So you're, you're hearing that now, it's mm. had a whole new resurgence. People are right. singing exactly. that song. Yeah. yeah. What, I was just thinking about, you know, the, it's 2017, mm -hmm. and uh, and you think about kind of the the current crop of uh, popular, mm -hmm. you know, top 40 mm -hmm. music. I don't necessarily see that that group of folks. Well, maybe, maybe Beyonce's formation stuff has a bit of protests mm -hmm. to it, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like. Um, there were more popular artists, mm -hmm. again, the, 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 the best-selling artists, mm -hmm. embracing some form of, of protest music in the 60s, <coughs> well, that was, so today. Well, that was one of the main things at that time. I mean, right. we're talking about the era that we were in in this country, mm -hmm. you yep. know, with the Vietnam War and all of that. Right. So that was that was just one of the main cruxes of, of, of so much music. Right. And where you, you're likely to hear um, more things like that is if you listen to what I call conscious hip-hop, Mm -hmm. You know, there's an, a wonderful program, if people are interested in that, that comes out of Berkeley called Hard Knock Radio. Mm -hmm. And what it deals with is progressively conscious, in a way, hip-hop and hip-hop culture. Mm -hmm. And it really speaks to all of these things. Right. Um, one of the best, uh, probably one of the, uh, to me, one of the, one of the best songs, it was written by a uh, man named Michael Franti mm -hmm. that came out during... Um, I should say the second Gulf War, the song that you can bomb the world to pieces, but you can't bomb the world into peace. Right. Mm. Oh, brilliant. Was he, was he spearhead? Yeah, that's okay. Michael. Michael Okay, yeah. right. But that song right there is just you know, and he took it. He took it. Uh, that song, you can bomb the world to pieces, but you can't bomb the world into peace, is brilliant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great music that's right. going on out there. Um, um, so what's happening with? Uh, talk a little bit about what's happening this weekend mm -hmm. and. Uh, and kind of the culmination of the work you've been doing for Witness this month. 
Well, the program, it, as we say, Underground Railroad Sanctuary, uh, involves the chorus of Vocal Lessons, 120 singers in the volunteer chorus. It involves uh, high school, junior high kids who have been part of a chorus from, from two schools in St. Paul, two in Minneapolis. So we've got them up there. So we'll have a chorus up on stage of you know more than 200 singers. Mm -hmm. And then we have, uh, we have Melanie and Philip Schultz is conducting it and um, a few instrumentalists all using music. Uh, we're doing a song uh, by Issei Barnwell, good friend of both Melanie's and mine, yeah. and uh, which is all about, uh, called Will You, Would You Harbor Me? And it names virtually every kind of person. Would you harbor me if I was white, mm. if I was Jewish, if I was black, if I was Muslim, if I, etc. And you suddenly like, whoa, we're all in this. And yeah. so that song is there. There's also a beautiful song. It reminds me of, there's a, a lyric by um, Sting off of a police album. And I mm -hmm. But it's like, we all have the same biology, regardless mm -hmm. of ideology. Right, exactly. And I was yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Right. And also there's a piece by uh, Dan Cantor, local composer, wonderful piece that, uh, has a text uh, about you know embracing each other and but at the same time uses the spiritual steel away mm -hmm. uh, and they they come together. There's a, a bunch of wonderful wonderful music mm -hmm. that uh, uh, that we've got and then Melanie comes on and she's uh, a lot of hers was music that was taught by rote mm -hmm. to the singers mm -hmm. so you know no one's holding music they're mm -hmm. they've learned it yeah. and i'm doing a new piece stick piece called sanctuary okay yeah and, and and remind me the stick from uh, the Gullah south sea islands right. of the united states so it's okay. a particular uh a particular rhythm that's mm -hmm. played and it comes out of the south sea islands and it's kind of a complicated thing i mean because you, your feet are doing one thing you're pounding a different thing and then you're singing a whole other thing mm -hmm. so i'm the only person that actually writes pieces this large because mm. normally in the tradition it's maybe one or two people pounding and everybody else is stomping and clapping their hands okay. and all that. how did the choir do that they, they... you know they they did pretty well it's it's i was i was actually talking to gps uh, the other philip about wanting to do perhaps like a, a really like two to three weeks intensive mm -hmm. with people to just come to find a place where they could just come and really delve into it so that they to get to that place where you can where it's, it, it's it, intuitive where it's really intuitive where you yeah. just where you can do it and the rhythm maintains itself and you yeah. just go really deep in a tradition yeah. but I have to say um, the folks have been really 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 because it's a lot it's really yeah. different most people most people just don't have the experience of doing it so mm -hmm. yeah to stop yeah to stop and sing and also you have to go deep into the to the subject you right. know the, the the opening part of the of the piece is called running to freedom and i and i really wanted to do talking about running towards something instead mm -hmm. of running from something right yeah. oh i got to think part of the, the challenge of if you're singing Haydn or you're singing, singing mm -hmm. something from hundreds of years ago <coughs> You don't necessarily have to quote go deep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can get the notes and you can get the colorations, mm -hmm. but part of the, the the real appeal of of the music you're talking about is that very personal mm -hmm. kind of uh, uh, and and so to get you know two hundred singers mm -hmm. to to emote mm -hmm. personally, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, never mind 
getting all the rhythms right, right, right never right. mind getting the notes right, right you know. So it should yeah. be it should be quite interesting. Yeah, the, the the middle section is this lullaby section that's really boy, it's really, really deep. And I let them go really, really deep in it. And it's and I, it was again it was someone was just really terrified for their children and they said, I don't know I don't know how to keep them safe. Mm-hmm. So that is a very contemporary thought, and also right. the whole idea of, of you know, in, in a time of slavery when children were just taken away and sold out from under you, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so how do you, how do you protect them? So it's not the traditional kind of lullaby, you know, mm-hmm. it, in, within that is all of that angst and that, the whole thing, and it's just, and it's based on, you know, it's got all these different parts, but it's just based on two lines. Yeah. And by the by the you can just feel it, and they're all just there, and they're in this whole place of that. Your experience—it's not just you're not just singing about someone else's experience, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that that's what's so important about this kind of music is that you get to go in there and take your own life and your own history and everything within that, mm-hmm. and sing from that place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Cool. cool. Sounds like it's going to be a great show. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. You. Well, thank you both very much. Well, thank you. Thanks. Great. Two, I get to be in the room with two, two Brunels. I love yeah, it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when does this get up? When you want it up. Well, when you want to do it.